this boy. What's happening? What is happening? This boy, man. That, that, that's your crap, brother. <laughs> oh that is your CV. Woo! Oh, that was a long ride. Ah, get myself together here. How you get out of that so quick? What's up, y'all? What's up? How you get out of that so quick? Uh, well, the tiger dropped me off, and I told him to go ahead on and, you know, just park himself um, over by uh, Veterans Memorial Stadium. Oh, oh we already there. That's a, that's, Yo! A long way. that's a long way. Hold on, let me get myself together because I am not together. Now I am together. What it do? So before we do that, so let me welcome everybody, because everybody is back with us. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club, episode number four of Band Sessions with Da Boom. I'm your host, Terrell Key, a.k.a. T. Reezy. Make sure you subscribe to Tiger Talk on YouTube, Spotify, Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts, and turn on those notifications so you don't miss one episode. All right, so I am joined with my lovely, lovely, lovely friends. These are my people: Toby Johnson, Danielle Walls. What it do? What up, though? Let's What's go, good? buddy. Hey, What's they good? let us back. They let us back again. What y'all think about that? Man, folks, we success now, man. Four. You think so? Yeah, yeah episode yeah. four. Oh, yeah. Episode four. Official when you when you right? get to number four or is it yeah. number three when it's what makes it official? What makes nah, it nah. official? Man? I three thought three made it official. Three made it official. Yes. Okay. Danielle, yeah, three does three make it official or is, yeah. is three makes yeah, it official? Yeah, three three makes it official. Yes. Three makes it official. All right, yeah. cool. So I'm glad that we are here. I miss you guys as well. Um, couldn't wait to get back. We got another special guest. Before we get to that, Toby. Danielle. You know what? I'm gonna start no, I don't. Toby, do I you got... see Danielle's background? Yes. Why don't we have that? I don't know. She didn't tell us. She didn't tell us. That was a surprise. It's cool. Yes. I'm just keeping the branding forward facing. You know what I mean? That's uh-huh. all. That's the name of it. At least one of us could have, you know. Hey, you I know what? We got oh, you in the center right now, so like that, it, it makes sense. It makes a right. whole lot of sense. I tried it out, and I was like, "Oh, perfect!" And it fits like it's 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 perfect. I like that. Love the boom, love the boom, baby. All right, love the boom. Love the boom. Toby, what you got, man? Man, you, you know me? what? You know, like last episode, we um we came through with the question of uh, the song that sticks with you wherever you go that you played while you was marching in the boom. I think uh, Danielle said uh, you know, it was Pyt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Terrell, you agree with her. And um, I think mine was a mint condition. Uh, nobody does it better. And then mm-hmm. I was looking in the comments, and you know, it was it was this fellow boomsman that was putting different tunes that that's, that's their tune, and it was it it brought back a lot of memories. So like this week, got a different question for you. Different question okay. for you. So I'm gonna call okay. it. Uh, I got a question for you, just I for <laughs> our fans to kind of get to know us a little bit better. So uh, today, I felt. You know, going to Jackson State and being in the band, I feel like every night at practice or at a game or after a game, we was wrapping everything up. Um, the adults would say something 
or one of our section leaders or somebody that we admired within our sections or within the within the band would say something that that, that kind of inspired us or or something that we can kind of hold on to as far as to make us make good decisions and great life choices. So my question today is what piece or what is the best advice you receive from somebody that's associated with the boom? Um, it can be a student, it could be a, a, a section leader, a band director, whatever it is. Um, what was that advice and, and, and how do you utilize that today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want you want to go? I don't. I I don't want to go first. That, that's okay. a that's a heavy question. That heavy. is heavy. So, one of the things that I always um, hold my head on or hang my head on is the fact that Dr. Lewis Liddell taught us a lot of stuff, and I learned a lot of stuff from session leaders and other upper classes. But Doc. His voice carried, so the things that he would say would always resonate because you couldn't have you didn't have any other choice but to hear it in a loud fashion. So mm -hmm. Doc says something that was really funny, but it made sense to me as I when I became an adult. Doc said, "If you tell one if you tell one somebody your business, it's okay, but if you tell two people, everybody gonna know about it." That's all. That's, <laughs> that's bad. I got that. that it, it, it's it's the realest thing ever, and I did not understand that as yes. a student. But that that's my one thing that I can that I can recall distinctively. The doc taught us a million things, but that's my one. Yes, he had to say it loud in order for you to remember it, for it to bounce back when you actually yeah. went through. He had to bounce around like from city to city, where all the places I moved. <laughs> yeah, I think mine is. <laughs> this might be funny, <laughs> but it was you got to have a paradigm shift. Uh -huh. <laughs> because even though it was hilarious, because he just like I don't know if he read a book i don't know but mm -hmm. it was like the the phrase of the year mm -hmm. like he constantly said it right and you know once i understood you know like what he was actually saying i was like oh okay you're right and i think you know it meaning like an attitude adjustment mm -hmm. right and how um just going through life like different experiences and different you know scenarios environments will almost force you to change your attitude mm -hmm. about so you know as you grow as you mature you mm -hmm. know um in general so i think that was like my best piece of advice from yeah. that even though it was very funny like mm -hmm. we made a big joke out of it at the time i once i like when i like after the laughs and jokes you know it was mm -hmm. like, okay yeah so, that was a, that was that was a good one the paradigm shift we we I think we, if if you put it up on a on a poll, that would probably be the number one from anybody. And we don't know. He probably just read a book that day when he said it, <laughs> and then he just shared that. Change, right? Change, change my life. A whole bunch of life, you know. <laughs> change a whole bunch of lives. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think it's fair because I kind of like I, I I thought about the question a couple of weeks ago in a, in a, in a drive, but um, because I, I, I've been thinking about it, you know, consistently as far as like what it what was those 
think those words of wisdom that came. One came from uh, uh, our crab brother Carlton Williams, and I'm not going to talk about that one as much. But he 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 would always tell me, and because I, I was that guy, he said, "You can disagree without being disagreeable." And, hmm. and at that time, at that at that age, I, I you know I came across if you didn't if you didn't believe what I was saying, I was going to be disagreeable. I'm going to be petty as, as hell, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, the one that kind of stuck out the most was uh, from Pop Duplicis. He would always tell us, and I knew it wasn't just something that he read in the book. It was because he would say it all the time, all the time, all the time. And he would say, "Hey, you know, like when you go home, you should be different. You know, like your parents didn't send you to Jackson State University." You know, you're not getting student loans or your parents ain't paying for you to go to college for you to go down here, spend all this time, spend all this money and come back and be the same. And, you know, that taught me as far as like when we grow, you know, if you're not growing, you're dead, you know. So like consistently growing and moving forward and all that type of stuff. So like I, I, I credit pop to like making us think and making me think at 18 year old, 18 years old. And I think he, he would say it in the band hall our freshman year, but he also, I, I think I took him for that freshman orientation class, you know, that freshman class that you have like mm-hmm. 300 freshmen in and, and no <laughs> grades. And he, he would say it all the time. You should go, when you go home, you should be a little different, you should be a little different, not a sellout, but different. And um, that's something that I took from that. So that was awesome, man. Hey, that was a good question. I, that that really, was a great question. Man, yeah, boy, man. I, you know what? I'm starting to look forward to these questions. Man, trying to make us think, man. Trying to make us think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is because I had to go. Hmm. Yeah, make things to make you go. Yeah. Hmm. I appreciate that, brother. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to jump right into it. We're back once again, episode four. We have another special guest. And we are, without further ado, we're going to bring our special guest on right now. Let's see who we have. Toby Danielle, who do we have? Oh, we got Maurice Gibson. What's up, baby? What's up? What's up, What's up, Toby? What's up, Toby? Look, hey, thank you for coming on, man. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while in person, which is really Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been a minute. You know, I, I stay away, man. I, I, you know how I do. I know how you. I know how you do. I know how you do. So look. So we got. So Danielle, we had. So Danielle, we have some percussion guys, and we are um, brass players with percussions. Percussions mm-hmm. are on. Oh my goodness! I don't know how this show is going to go. Man, we got. We got. The <laughs> point. You know how it's going. Oh Lord! Oh Lord! Oh my goodness! You know how? Look, Danielle. You know it's always. It's always the percussion guy. Mm-hmm. Are they doing hey, Reezy, Reezy, mm-hmm. Danielle, I'm, I'm telling you, man, like, y'all would be, like, amazed because, like, yeah, I'm WT for Life, came in 98, March 2002, but, like, um, Maurice and I only know each other through passing, you know, like, um, yeah. as far as, like, having, like, you know, life deep conversations and stuff like that, that only happened, like, recently. I'm talking about, like, one time. Know, yes, right. <laughs> and, and, like, wow. um, but it's somebody that I follow, like on social media, and um, somebody I always had like a great deal of respect from afar. You know, um, you know, you have you have several different types of old heads. You know, those that want to, you know, be a part of all the decisions that's going on, and you have those that you know want to enjoy, and you have those that just sit back from afar 
and just just choose to enjoy. Um, I I, I kind of consider myself the third, like like sit back and watch and 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 and, and let the young guys do their thing. But like after I left, I left. I think he came in right after we left. Um, and just to see this guy like come in and do great things with the with with the section and and move the section forward. Um, we'll talk about some of those things, but like uh, he, he he's um, somebody that I've admired from afar, not just as a percussionist, not just as a musician, but as a person, as a man, as a father, as a husband. Um, he, he he's a good guy, and and like like I said, I've been admiring that for years from far. So I, I felt like it was important that we get him on the show because I know a lot of people look at him as a role model, and he might not even know that. But um, uh, this was the purpose of the show to give people their flowers, right? Right. Yeah. So, Maurice, tell us about Brilliant. yourself, man. Where you came from? How, tell me how, your story about the boom. Like growing up, what led you to, you know, playing percussion, and what led you to getting in the boom? All right, we can start from the beginning, man. I come from a, a musically inclined family, so my mom she sings and plays piano. My dad. He sings a little bit. He plays piano. He played drums. Went to Jim Hill. Played in the percussion section there. Uh, my sister went to Jackson State. And I went to Jackson State, of course. And my, my youngest brother went. But musically, man, just growing, around, growing up around a bunch of musicians, man, I started playing drums. My mama seen I had, I guess what you say, you could say some rhythm. So I'm playing on pots and pans. I got my first full kit at like three years old, and I was just on it. My dad used to be in there playing. I'd just be up in there tapping. Uh, pretty you much said pots and pans. You said pots and pans. I'm sorry, man. You said pots and pans. Yeah, pots and pans. You know how I like go. The, the, the pans that, that your mom put the greens in the in the, in the beans oh, yeah. in. You, you, you know, you know, we sorted them out. We sorted them out, making them sound like different <laughs> instruments on the kit. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, from then, you know, uh, I attended Northwest Jackson Middle School. That's when I first got into band. Uh, oh, stop right there! I think uh, somebody on this pod went went to Northwest, right? I did. Continue. <laughs> That's what's up. I didn't yeah. Know yeah, yeah. I went. I went to Northwest. Okay, okay. But yeah, yeah. Went to Northwest. Uh, let me rewind before Northwest. Um, I got my first pair of mar marching sticks around, I want to say about 10. And you you guys, well, Terrell, you may know him, but William McKinney, that's mm -hmm. CJ's older brother. Mm -hmm. He yeah. actually got us started. Like, he was, he played in Callaway Band. He played snare. And he used to come back home and show CJ rudiments, and CJ showed show me the rudiments. Now, we young, like 10, 11. He'll show he started showing us rudiments. And so we was just feeding off of him, basically. So by the time we got to middle school, we was ready. You know they make you try out for all these different instruments. We already had in our head. We not playing no horn. We playing the drums. And, I mean, as soon as we picked up a pair of sticks, the band director at the time, Mr. Uh, Jefferson, who was the band director at Murrah High School, he was like, yeah, uh, you playing percussion or whatever. We got on uh far as that. Learn everything. You know, you start learning how to read and whatnot. It came natural because I'm already from a musical background. It came natural. So from then, uh, went to Callaway under Joe Mitchell. 
man, some of the best years of my life. Uh, he actually introduced me to Doc. Well, let me back up. Ninth grade year, I played Quince. So I played Quince and let's see, ninth, 10th grade year, I played Quince. And then I switched to snare 11 and 12th grade. You know, in high school, if you don't have a certain amount of people on the, on the instrument, they are just kind of, hey, can you do this? So I was one of those ones. Yeah, I played Quince. Went on ahead and did it. Jumped to snare. Uh, became section leader at Callaway. Uh, from then on, Mr. Joe Mitchell introduced me to Dr. Liddell. I remember it like it was yesterday. He was he came with the Callaway. Mr. Mitchell was like this is one of my, uh, I guess you can say one of my lead percussionists. All city. Um, what, what was the other thing called that we used to? I forgot what the other thing called that we used to audition and play for chairs for. But anyway. Our uh, list. Uh, we didn't do our list. I don't think we did our list, did we? Yeah, I think it was something level. like that. It yeah, was something it was, like that. That was the next level, I thought. But go ahead, yeah. So well, yeah, I, I remember being in the room, aside from the band room at Callaway, just me and Doc. Doc opens the book. All right, son, play this. I start playing. Soon I start playing. Stop. It's good. Uh, Parabellum. I start playing. Stop. It's good. Uh, yeah, like just like that, cutting me off. So I'm thinking... I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, D, Foster Stop. That's good. I'm like, okay. He didn't then, have time for you to slow it down. Five, <laughs> listen, five minutes into the audition, he was like, you good, son. What's your GPA? I told him, 3-2. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to give you some scholarship. Uh, just keep working on your uh, sight reading. Uh, you pretty good. Mr. Joe Mitchell was right. Da, da, da. So, hey, okay, stop. Yeah. Why, why everybody to talk like talk about Doc? Start talking like Doc. <laughs> you, you, you have to. You have to. You have to. You have. You know you have to. So then, uh, I mean, I auditioned for Jackson State, and I mean, me and CJ, we've been wanting to go to Jackson State since we was yeah high. We used to mm -hmm. be at the games. My dad buys season tickets every year. I've been to every game. I don't know how long, man. So mm -hmm. that's just how it's been. Got to Jackson State. What year, what year did you get to the bone? 2004. 2004. Yeah. We were yeah. gone. Two years. So right. We were gone, but I remember when you showed up. I remember, and you were just super duper humble, real quiet. Not quiet, mm -hmm. but you know, you came yeah, in, you yeah. did your thing, and it was like, man, this guy's pretty good. But I, we were gone, gone. Danielle was still around because she was on the band staff. But I was yeah. gone, gone. Like, I was living in Memphis at the time. I think Toby was. I was still in Mississippi. You were still in Mississippi. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So, that is. <laughs> so, it's funny how. So, y'all remember my story mm -hmm. about how I got to yeah. Jackson State? This is the same thing. So, I went to Callaway. Maurice went to Callaway. Get, <laughs> right. So, it's the same story. That's cool. Okay. So, continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to jump No, in. go ahead. Go ahead. No. So, um, so, Toby, you, you about to say something? Don't you? Oh, I was uh, Maurice because, like, it seemed he said he was ten years old when he he got them sticks in his hand, and then you know, you know, he started learning rudiments, and um, he was learning those rudiments from uh, CJ. And I know you and CJ are like like besties of friends, real, real close, solid. You know, because y'all known each other forever. Mm -hmm. I think it's amazing to find somebody that has the same passion as you have at ten years old. How'd that happen? 
Man, so you know we're cousins. So you know that. What? Man, yeah, you yeah. Man, we came out the womb like this. Like he was born. I, I tell everybody I would have been 2003, but my birthday late. So I'm like mm-hmm. oldest in my class. My birthday is in November. Yeah. And I actually got in trouble for that, <laughs> saying that when I got to Jackson State. But anyway, uh, CJ's birthday is in uh, May, and mine's in November. So our moms were pregnant at the same time. So we've been with I can show you pictures of us being babies on the couch, growing all the way up together. Like and diapers. Picking up sticks together. <laughs> Both of us could draw, trying out for power APEC together, going to Northwest together, going to Callaway together, going to Jackson State together. It's been the same thing the whole time. So yeah, we share the same oh, another thing I forgot to mention about his mom and his family, he came from a musical family too. I guess you could say it's like a bloodline thing, but his mom sings and stuff too. So his mom and my mom used to do duets all the time in church. We went to the same church, family church. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mom and my mom actually like were, were like sisters before his mom passed. Mm-hmm. So man, it, that's how that's how it's been the whole time, man. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome because I met you guys. To, I think at the same time. And um, uh, you might think it's funny, but like I, like I knew who you guys were while I was marching in the band. Um, I'm like, oh, those those Callaway dudes, because y'all were everywhere. Y'all would show up at practices, and y'all would show up at games, and y'all would be right there by the snare line with like it was Daddy Weary on one side, and it was you on the other side with a camera. So like oh, yeah. anything that we played, we was like, oh, look at these Callaway. Negroes, they they about to steal something. <laughs> they told me we'll go right, we'll go right back home, pop that mug in, pull the sticks and pad out. We try to learn everything. So, that's yeah, that's how it wow. works. Wow, <laughs> that's dope. That is dope. Um, so, uh, Maurice, so I don't know if this, I don't know if this has been asked already. I feel like Toby asked this question already, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm all over the place. I, I I get caught up in these stories and I forget what I want to say. So, what was it? Other than, uh, I know you said that you came from a musically inclined family. So what was it that inspired you to be in the boom? Okay. So around the time I was getting out of high school, that's when social media started kind of, you know, popping off. Just 2004? Huh? 2004? Yeah, just a, just a little bit. Like Planet. Yeah, you start <laughs> We started seeing videos. Of, of different schools. Of course, we had been seeing the schools because we've been to the games. So, and we've been to all the parades for Jackson State. So it wasn't nothing compared face, to Facebook. And the swag that WT had and the swag that the boom had, even down to the colors. I was like, man, I can't even see myself wearing no more of them other band, them schools' colors. But aside from that, just being in a family that went to Jackson State, it's almost like, if you don't want to choose Jackson State, that's okay, but it's like in your blood. Like, you, you want to choose it. So, just me going to the games and hearing the boom and watching the percussion section, like, my love for the section and how they sounded and how the boom sounded, it just was a different swag to what every other band I heard. Like, it wasn't no comparison. Like, from seventh grade all the way up to college, it was like, I'm going to Jackson State. I ain't. Ain't no doubt about it. Like, I'm not going to this band. They don't sound good to me. 
I'm not going to this band. This percussion section, the swag ain't there. It, it don't fit me. I'm going to Jackson State. <laughs> and then it, it, it really didn't help to have people there that you already knew and looked up to. So, I mean, it was just second nature. That's what's up, second nature. I, I, I can, I can, I can definitely feel that. Like it's almost like you know, especially living in Jackson. So of course, oh, yeah. both of us from Jackson, totally from Brandon, um, down here from Detroit. Um, being in Jackson is almost like you don't have a choice. And then when you got siblings and parents and relatives that have all matriculated through Jackson State, it's almost like what are you, what else are you going to do? Like, there's no other. There's nowhere else to go. To go I don't back. think you can ask anybody from Jackson, Central Mississippi area. If you say, hey, like, if you're going to march in the band, what you going to march? They're going to say Jackson State. Like, yeah. It's going to be their first choice. You know? No, I can't. Yes. Hands down. Like, you ask anybody that's from Jackson, the, the best sounding choir. It's going to be the Mississippi. Like, Jackson folks love their stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's good, it's going to be great to another level. Yeah, they good, but they ain't the Mississippi Mass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they good, but they ain't the boom. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what's crazy is, so it's, it's crazy, Marie. So, like, Danielle's story was um, similar but kind of different because she came all the way from, from Michigan. So it's kind of like that pipeline extends all the way up north. Like the story that you told about how you got there, and I'm thinking about Danielle's story and how she how she got to Jackson State and got in the boom. There was some connection. There was somebody, somebody right before us or somebody right before you was there, and they were like, yo, this is what you need to do. This is where you belong. You could You could do great here. Like it's it's almost like it's kind of similar, but being from the city or from the town is different versus being away from the town. But it's still kind of it's 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 amazing because the stories are kind of they kind of connect some kind of way. So that's man, that's some, that's some, you know what? Hold on. Right, that connects some kind of way, but it also it's also like when you when you think about, I mean, you know. You know, colleges have, uh, you know, students are from everywhere, right? But when you, the closeness, right? Like, we definitely feel like a family, right? As alumni, as just in the band, being a member of the boom, we feel like that's like an extended family, right? And like how each of us are from a different walk of life. Each, you know, I'm from Detroit, a thousand miles away. Um, you know, people from LA, people from all over. But we have this common thing, and the thing is, we weren't going anywhere else but Jackson State. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. once I decided on Jack, once I saw Jackson State, I was like, "Oh, that's it." Like, yeah. there's nothing like I there's I'm not considering anywhere else, you know. And yeah. it was like, you know, got accepted. That's great from other you know schools. But there was no way I was going anywhere else. People yeah. like were like, "Yo, you get a free full ride if you come to better than that." And I'm like, "Absolutely not. I will <laughs> go in debt. I will pay to be in debt. I will get a right. 30-year student loan." <laughs> Listen, wait, wait a minute. So, Marie, so check this out. All right, so now you were inspired. You got to the boom. Freshman year. 
walk us through that walk us through that experience freshman year sir your, your first time on the campus or at band camp we got there before school started of course walk us through that sir freshman year okay uh of course i was ready beyond ready uh i think i knew everything i needed to know freshman year i walked on campus a couple people um i already knew because we met up before uh, whenever band camp started, we met up, chopped it up, exchanged uh, chopping methods. For people who don't know what chopping is, you know, that's when drummers get together, exchange ideas, rudiments. So I knew a couple of people already. Um, so walking on campus, I was confident. Like, Doc had already cut me off three times, told me I had a scholarship. Hey, I'm like, okay. I walk in and Kevin Fuller in there. <laughs> oh, Boosie. Boosie. Kevin Fuller. 96. 96. Mr. Joe Ringo. Of course, Dr. Adele. Uh, CJ, because he was a section leader. And Willie Armstead. So they was all there. When we got there as freshmen, I remember sitting down in the hallway, people playing on the on the on the floor and all that. And I'm thinking, hey, y'all better chill out, man. Like it's about to get real. Like me and Jeremy Thompson, for y'all who know him, my prayer brother Day Day. Yeah, we two we two are the ones that his brother, my his brother, our prayer brother, right? Right, right. right. Yeah. That's my they they my cousins too. By the way, we, oh, in real life, like, 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 just doing everything the band directors telling us to do and doing everything the uh, section leaders told us to do. We was just making sure we was good up into that first game. So learning everything we had to learn, perfecting everything we had to perfect. Man, just making sure we had a drum, bro. Man, I was in Brad 12 miles away, but like, y'all Jackson boys, y'all had a cheat code. Because I don't know, like, Danielle, did you know, like, they, I feel like when I, when we stepped in the, in the Hines County, everybody that came from Jackson, if they came from Provine, Jim Hill, Wingfield, uh, Callaway, any, Lanier, any of those schools, they knew that it was, stuff was about to get real. Like, you, I you didn't know stuff too. was about to get that real. Yes, you did. You I knew that. You were right around the corner. My sister, <laughs> had, like, my sister held that stuff a secret. No. And I was like, knew. I, I, like, wow. I knew it wasn't going to be easy, but I didn't, I didn't like, but like, all y'all like knew, like, Better be quiet. You know? <laughs> yeah, just put a white T.O. Like y'all had the cheat code. Uh, did you know that in Detroit? I did. Yeah. Oh my god. Hey. Yeah, yeah. So I came me. when I auditioned. When I auditioned for Jackson State, I stayed, and he he was my like boyfriend in high school, and he went to Jackson State like in the spring, and. I came down there, stayed in his dorm room in Stewart, auditioned, like me and two of my like classmates from high school, like we stayed in his dorm room, auditioned, 
and like met everybody. Like all of 97, it felt like I met everybody from 97. The spring of 98. They were cool until, yeah, they were cool until band camp. They were great. They were cool. They were like, oh man, you know, but they definitely let me know what was up. Yeah, and I mean, CJ, CJ, he was there a uh, year prior in 03. Mm-hmm. So that whole year, when they used to have like, when, uh, what, what we call them, off week? Uh, yeah. Yeah, those weeks, all, all his class or whatever would be over his house, and he'd be like, hey, come over here. So they already knew who I was. Hey, play this. Oh, you're going to be straight. Hey, play this. Oh, you're going to be straight. But you know, it ain't get real until uh, you step on the yard. But, like I said, a lot of people already knew who uh, me and Jeremy were. That's good. So, um, so it sounds like to me that being that you guys were already on top of your music game, that kind of um, pushed you forward into coming into the boom it's kind of like okay well if you know your stuff you know your rudiments you know you you, you know your chops you own your, you own your chopping if you own your chop game then it's like okay you good kind of right is 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 knowing your music and being in your chop game is that like a plus and so these so once again these guys told me and maurice they played the snare drum i don't know uh-huh. anything about the percussion I'm a brass player. Like done, yeah, she played trumpet. So being on your chop game, being on your rudiment of your stuff, does that give you a or an um um exception or does that put you above people if you already know how to, you know, chop it up and chop and all that good stuff? Tell me about that. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a percussionist. So I was like? No, not really because <laughs> No. <laughs> no. No, because Okay, even though they know you can play, the whole aspect of the section was, hey, you want your you want your uh, brothers and sisters to march beside you. So just because you were as good, uh, you need to go to their room tonight. You need to help them out. You need to help them do what they had to do. If he didn't have it, he better have it tomorrow since you know it. That was it was that type of thing. So nah, that that really put the pressure on you. It really didn't help. It just put the pressure on. Yeah, the best person so, in the room get the get the, get get the most pressure because oh, they yeah. got to make everybody else on their level. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I like that. So this, so that's crazy. So once again, so Maurice came in in two thousand four, and we came in us three. We came in ninety eight. So Maurice just said something that that resonated in my brain. It took a memory back. So you said that if you know something, then this guy next to you needs to know the same thing that you know. So what that does is, at that time, and this is being one hundred honest with y'all, y'all, if you don't yet totally step in if I'm if I'm all the way wrong with this. At that time, we thought that that was more so like more work. Like, okay, I gotta teach him. Well, why he don't know it, and I know it. Why I gotta teach him? But that was something that was that was a life skill. Like you don't let your brother or your fellow bandmate, classmate, whatever person, friend, cousin, relative, you don't let them suffer. If you know it, he needs to know it. So it's like you, you fast forward life into in, in where we are as adults. 
And it's like, you know, that lesson right there helps us in life. We're at work on a job. We, we, we got careers and all this good stuff. Well, a coworker may be lacking. Well, that skill that we were taught, come on, Maurice, back in, yeah, back in 2004. That skill, we were like, no, hold on. Hold on, give me one second. Let me show them how to do it. Boom. So it's like you take the stuff that you learned from being in the boom. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, you know what? That's a. Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm just. <laughs> Everyday life. Like Everyday life. Like yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, we did. We talk about this. We talk about this every single episode. There's somebody mm-hmm. that has a story of some sort where it's like, okay, the next person needs me, or I need the next person so I can move forward in whatever the journey that I have. This boom life mm-hmm. is real. It's, it's yeah, really teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork, oh, teamwork thanks. makes the dream work. Seriously. Thanks. Mm-hmm. thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm you know, with it. Network, uh, networking and just having somebody that came through the boom with you, man. you friends with them for life. Like, thanks. we all yep. still talk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Some type of way. Like, gener- cross generations, though. Like, like, like I said, like, just recently, like, but well, I've been following you for years, you know, and we, you know, we, we tweet back forth, like, on Instagram, Facebook, and stuff like that. You know, we like each other's stuff, but like, like, it, it's cross generations. I've never marched with you. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, just recently had a, a real, you know, in depth conversation with you. Um, question though, like, like a lot of people don't know, um, WT probably went 15, 20 years. No new cadences. We were just playing the same stuff over and over again and making sure that it was perfect. It was perfect. Like before we performed that at the vet or wherever we were going, that cadence had to be perfect. You name it, had to be perfect. Cross tight, cross confusion had to be perfect. Laws one, two had to be perfect. You know, all those cadences that we were playing had to be perfect, you know. Um, and it was attempts of, of creating new cadences, new funk trains and everything. Even when I was, um, in the boom, we, we attempted that stuff, but it never crossed the line of being shown in public. 2004 came in 2005. And I credit you. And I don't know. I'm going to let you go ahead and tell the story. I credit you. But I, like, I don't know, you, you give credit to where credit is due, but like your crew, y'all came in with a plan not to change WT, but to expand WT, you know, um, and it's hard in leadership to come into something that has a culture that is so strong and so accepted and okay, we okay with where we are. It's hard for a person to come in. It's like, yeah, this is where we are, but this is where we're going. And that's, you had a vision when you came in. How did you execute that? And, and 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 what was it like? What was your experience in that? Well, I would say we got int- we we were introduced. I want to say, let's say spring '05. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right after the 2004 season, uh, we were introduced to a new cadence from Willie Ar- Armstead. Mm-hmm. Which was a marching cadence called Lil Booney. Mm-hmm. And then a couple more, I want to say a couple more cadences. I think it was like at least two or three more. 
while we were getting introduced to those, since us from Jackson knew the culture and the history, we was actually kind of spooked. Like, man, this man trying to change what's going on here. We was like, I don't know if we trying to learn this stuff. But we followed through. And as a section, we had plenty of lemon squeezes, meetings to kind of talk about where we want to go as a section. But why we want to go there as a section was because of what happened in 2004. So in 2004, some people know the story. We ended up going to a battle of the bands. I think it was in Shreveport. And the two colleges that were there were us and Texas Southern. So we warming up, you know, warming up, Texas Southern band on the field. We doing what we do. We in block warming up. Da, da, da. Doc comes over there, and I got to give his, his voice again. On stage. On stage. Oh. Y'all know how to do a battle uh, against Texas Southern. Now, this is the beginning of the season. You know how we operate. We don't mm -hmm. teach much. Yep. All, all I knew as a freshman was creative phone. Solo one, solo two, and series. Is it? It's a cadence a week. A cadence a week. That's all we knew. And here comes Doc saying, "On stage, y'all got a battle. Y'all got to do." Uh, after after we come off the field, uh, one thunder and uh, Texas Southern drum says, "Y'all got to get together. Y'all gonna face off." Everybody's like, "What? What is he saying?" And so we had to do it. First cadence, creative phone. Texas Southern goes. They cursed us out, and then they played some chopping stuff. And we just standing there in attention. We like, okay. Second cadence was solo cadence number two. Now, when I call these cadences out, me and me and Toby, we both know that those cadences are functional, but they are not technical. They are not battle cadences to go up against a section with. You know, we finished that cadence. Texas Southern plays another cadence. They stayed a chance. So after that, we march off, and it was like it was a disaster. Like everybody who saw that, that was I guarantee you, every student in those stands at that battle of the band probably was like, "Oh, I'm going to Texas Southern." Whoever was percussionist, they probably like, "I'm going to Texas Southern." Texas State looked good, but they 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 can't play, basically. And we know, Toby and I know, all of us got chops, but. Our cases didn't showcase those shots. So what happened was we got back on the bus, and since my class, we were freshmen, we didn't think too much about it. We couldn't do nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? We just doing what the upper class taught us. And the class of three, they were pissed off. You know what I'm saying? Willie was pissed off. Everybody was pissed off. But Doc is the head band director. We can't do nothing about it. From that day on, we made it priority to bring new material. So we was like, okay, we got to bring new material. That's point blank period. We're not doing, that's not ever going to happen again. So from that day on, we was like, okay, when we see Texas Southern in 05, they get it. For real, they going to get it. So we started creating then. And when we started creating, uh, 
some old heads they didn't understand, but they weren't at their performance. They didn't they didn't understand the animosity we had against that school and against the whole swag or whoever else. We was we was trying to prove a point. And uh, I have to bring up my current brother Cedric Reed because he came from Houston and he was used to battling. Like they squared up against people all day, every day. That was their thing in Houston. So when that summer hit, um, going into 05 and we were upperclassmen, Sid was like, hey, let's go, Reese. Create, create. I'm going to create. We was on the phone creating. I was creating cadences. He was creating cadences. And we were just going back and forth like this is what we're going to uh, submit to CJ. We're going to let the section here. We're going to start teaching. And everybody was on board in the section because all of us went through what we went through in mm-hmm. 2004. But everybody wasn't on board old head-wise. Old head-wise, yeah. Yeah, so that's how I started. Though. I so remember that. We just had to maneuver through the old heads and just, I mean, we talked to some of them, let them know what happened after they found out what happened and the videos came out or whatever. It was like, I got you. Cool. But moving forward, that next year when they came to Jackson and we was on that field, oh, the old heads, they was loving that. I'm talking about we gave them the business. We had like six, seven new cases. We danced on them, we chopped on them, we did everything, everything you can do. We was going to get our get back. Also, on top of that, I think 05 was the first year we went to the Honda. And we knew Word, yeah, I think we knew Word had got around and WT had got destroyed by Funk Train in 2004. So when we got to the Honda, we was proving, we had to prove another statement. You know, at the Honda, they have a mass band, right? Mm-hmm. What? The whole, all the bands are on the field. Get together and you learning a song, basically. You, you, you practicing that one song together. Mm-hmm. Man, Carl Nash, I remember like he was telling the drum section. I remember like it was yesterday. He was like, we finna solo. Right in the middle of all this. <laughs> right in the middle. So Next disrespectful. You know, WT is clowning. It's the... At the at the Honda, at practice, all you heard, was, dum, 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 dum. that's all you heard. And so I was like, CJ, come on, let's crank up. So CJ threw a uh, call out. Here we go. We we going. Now all the schools taking notice. Like, okay, this Jackson State, they from the sway. They they crazy, really, because this band already know they're trying to conduct the song. They going they going crazy. Doc runs back there. Hey, oh, uh. but you gotta think the whole time we thinking about what these people think about us. Mm-hmm. So after that, we go to the hotel. We get the camera out, and I still have footage. I gotta show you the footage. Totally. I've seen this, like on. Yeah, we we like, get the camera. On, it, I saw this on the Facebook, not Facebook. Listen, we go to all these schools' room. We knocking on doors. Where y'all dramas at? What? Y'all knocking on these folks' doors? I heard about that. You know what? We're going to tell y'all Jackson State ain't nobody to play with. Yeah, that's why we don't fool with y'all. We get them down to the lobby. We get them to the lobby. We chopping. That's all we doing. We chopping. We showing them. Look. Jackson State. In the lobby? Don't see the lobby. Because what y'all saw. And from then on. I mean, the evolution just skyrocketed. 
Imagine being on the band staff and learning. The percussion section and, 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 and another school section is battling in the lobby. I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah, what? It, was deep, it was deep down there, too, y'all. Yeah, there's a lot going on. So Danielle had so 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 Toby and I were gone. So I'm listening to this story, and I'm yeah. like, "Why? I never heard this before. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. A time I never heard this word. I don't. What you say, Danielle? What you say? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I don't remember. I don't know if I. I heard this story. I didn't know this. Yeah. I, I never. I okay. never. I never heard of us being defeated by anybody ever in life. <laughs> Ever and the fact that you said that it sounds yeah. like WT that y'all weren't prepared because Doc put y'all on the spot and y'all hadn't practiced. Like I don't get that. But Danielle, were you on the band staff? Were you on the band staff in 04? Or you got there on 05? Yeah, 05. I Did got there in 04. I'm not paying that close attention, you know. Now, now, now in 04, <laughs> I, I I was not paying that much attention to the like you know, directly to the percussion section. So that was something definitely they went through. <laughs> you know, like they all experienced and they went through. Um, but I do remember the, the battle at the Honda. Um, I had a question about, so that was like, okay, a growth, a growth moment, right? It's a teachable moment. Um, you know, being chopped out or what, I don't know what you call it. What do you call it? Uh, <laughs> I just say they won the battle. They won the battle, right? So, you know, that's growth. You have to adjust and, you know, y'all made an executive decision. Like, nah, you know, um, re remind me and maybe you could talk about like when, how many, how many percussion instructors did you go through while you were at Jackson State? Two. So, Two. yeah. So when I got there, Joe Ringo was there. And then in 05, you know, we didn't have a percussion instructor. It was just us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then in 06, Mr. Rob Wheeler came. So the question is, how was that, first of all, working with Mr. Ringo, transitioning into not having a percussion instructor at all? Then now you have Mr. Owen Rockwell, who is you know, not fully, you know, familiar with our culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, um, and you know what I mean? He's white. Yeah. He's, you know, like that's yeah. two very different instructors. You know what I mean? Like, what was that experience like? Well, being around, I, uh, being around Mr. Joe Ringo, I guess I don't want to say the only thing I learned, but one of the things I learned was he liked to keep the equipment clean and he liked to keep it tuned. And he used to tell us all the time, you can't go to war without your bullets. That was his main statement. That was like a quote. That's all you say. You can't, you can't go to war without your bullets. <laughs> I didn't know you did voices, do you? Yeah, yeah. He sounds he just all like that. But wow. I forgot what he said. Funny. You didn't listen to what he said. I forgot what he said. Like, we didn't listen. I did too. I had news. But I mean, I, I wasn't ready for that, Maurice. I wasn't. I didn't know. I wasn't ready for that. That was. That was. I'm sorry. Continue, please. I'm sorry. But to us, 
Mr. Ringo, he was a percussion instructor, but the skill set was kind of, it wasn't uh, top notch. Let me put it like that. So we would listen to him, but it was like marching band wise, it really wasn't too much we could learn. But when it came to symphonic and percussion instructor, I mean percussion, percussion ensemble, okay. Okay, Why so. You said he went swag. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so like that, so like that. So when when he left and and we figured out we weren't gonna have a quick hunting instructor, we was like, Oh yeah, it's on and popping now. Problems. Like, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's on and popping now. Ooh. And so in two thousand five we started creating. Doc gave us a lot of space. Like I think we won, yeah, we won section of the year that year at the banquet. But Doc gave us a lot of space to do what we had to do because Doc seen that massacre in 04. He seen it. He know what happened. And um, transitioning from not having a percussion instructor to um, Mr. Owen Rockwell. Oh, man. Let's see. Doc had, had a meeting with us, and he said that they was looking to hire somebody and he wanted us to come meet with him after class and he scheduled or whatever. We walked in the, we walked in the, uh, music hall and he was sitting at the bottom and all of us were like, hold on. But we didn't think nothing of it. We was like, okay, we're going to give him a chance. We heard he was DCI played for, I think played for the blue devils. They well respected. You know what I'm saying? So, but we knew he didn't know uh, our type of our type of feel, the culture, the uh, swag that that the section um brought. So Doc actually kind of set him up when he was setting us up, cause he wanted us to come meet him, but he said bring the bring the equipment. So we brought the equipment, and he was like, Siri, I want him to hear what Jack State is all about. Play Siri for him the whole time he was down the line. He was like, and when we finished, he was just like, man, I never heard anything like that. The power, uh, the um, flashes, the, no, he called them visuals, the visuals. And so he was just giving us our thoughts. But then he messed up and said uh, what he could add to the session. And so we listened. He was like, maybe I could add some, you know, some color, some tonal bass drums. Everybody started like, oh, my we ain't doing wait, wait, it. You said some from what bass drum? Some tonal bass drum. Oh, okay. This is swag. This is swag. We we don't. We but don't I mean, <laughs> he was he was a great instructor though. Like, uh, what I can say about him, he knew his stuff. Like, he was willing to learn everything we knew, and he was he could chop. He created a couple of warmers for us that was technical. Um, he didn't listen to everybody, but I was one of the ones he did listen to. Uh, we had a good relationship, and I mean, it went from there. Maurice, why did he listen to you? I guess because I wasn't disrespectful. <laughs> disrespectful to who? Mr. Rockwood. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At times, I, I would let him know you got uh, what the backfire was about. Uh, why the section felt a certain type of way, 
And then, you know, he he respect he he respected me for it. And I also taught him some of the marching cadences. Like we actually stayed late and we went over the stuff with him so he can get accustomed to how the stuff went, how it how it's supposed to sound, different techniques. You know, his whole uh the way he played was just different. So he respected me for that too. Uh, I want to say me, CJ, and uh, a couple other people stayed with him and helped him uh, learn the course. Maurice, that's why you're a good leader, man. Hands down. Maurice, man, look, man, man, I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Do you have any? Do you have any last parting words that you would like to share, sir? Before we um, get off here, what would you like to share, sir? Uh, I guess I talk to the um, fellow. Uh, musicians, yeah. bandsmen out there, you know, the mm -hmm. kids, because some, I, I noticed a decline, so, I mean, if you out there and you're in a band or you're interested in music and that's your passion, man, learn all you can learn, learn how to read, learn your fundamentals, man, make band the thing again. It was the thing when we was coming up, ain't nothing wrong with that. Hey, do everything love, you can do. It. Be the best. I love it. Make band the thing again. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's a hashtag right there. Make band a thing. Love it, man. Hey, I, I appreciate y'all for having me on. I'm honored. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Toby, My be a stranger. Now we, we, Don't it, be it, a stranger. We're not, man. We're locking it in now, man. I really appreciate it. Locking it in. <laughs> all right, all right. We out of here. All right, y'all. That's it. Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. This is Band Sessions with the Boom. We have a special guest, Maurice Gibson. And now we're out. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for coming out. God bless. Good night.